6: The Black Effect Presents features honest conversations and exclusive interviews, a space for artists, everyday people and listeners to amplify, elevate and empower black voices with great conversations. Make sure to listen to the Black Effect Presents podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast.
7: Hello, human being. Is your mind bored? Do you think about the same things every day? Then listen to The End of the World with Josh Clark, a 10 part podcast series that explores whether humans will survive the next hundred years. It takes you to amazing places, from a black hole as it grows inside the Earth to the far future where we've shed our bodies and uploaded ourselves onto servers. It's an adventure for your mind. All 10 episodes of The End of the World are ready to binge now for free on the iHeartRadio app.
1: they're the game changers. That's the two people I'll be interviewing in a minute. Let me set up the stage. Let me set up the platform. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. I am the host of this show. Um, this series is a talk show series that uh, about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. My guests on Money Making Conversation have the same passion, and they share that information when we talk about their career, motivation, what they are promoting, how they live a balanced life, and their secrets to success. Uh, It's really uh, great. you know. It's the start of the new year. 2020 uh we always know in the first quarter people have these goals or these new year new year resolutions to change to lose weight to be better parents to be better people to to save money to to make money but it all starts with a plan these are just goals these are just dreams but you have to be consistent with your plan the young power couple they are very consistent with their goals and very uh very articulate in how they're changing the world they're true entrepreneurs and on the show today to talk about several of their enterprises there are many they're the co-creators and this is something new co-founders of fragrance line for men and women you know i gotta talk about that Rishon I always like to smell good sprinkle of jesus which is the number one christian mobile app with over five million users curl bible which is the number one black-owned online beauty supply distribution store and jumping jack tax the fastest growing tax preparation service company In the country. See, I lay it out there. They number one across the board. Bam, 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 bam. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, my girl, Dana Chanel, and my boy, Prince Donnell. What's up, team? Dana and Prince, how y'all doing? How y'all Hello, doing? Hello,
5: good morning. How
2: are you? DP. D How y'all you doing? You literally give us <laughs> the most exciting introduction we've ever heard. So thank you for that. You are so good at what you do.
1: Well, I'm to tell you something. You guys are good at what you do. You know, I recently had Prince on the show, and I and I want to just uh thank you guys. I gave him some information. I think I told Prince about the success when you when you guys came down to the HBCU week that was in Wilmington, Delaware, September 20th of last year. Um, you know, with that college fair where you were speaking at Dana, um, they had on-the-spot registration for HBCU schools, and they registered 1,200 students, and wow. uh, over 427 received scholarships, full and partial. That totaled 3.9 million dollars. Wow! That's that level of participation. You you have to take credit. You were there you know, your, your time was there. Your time was spent. Prince was there doing his thing, motivating, talking. Uh, I remember you guys sat down and had the conversation with Stephen A. Smith about what, what what you guys are trying to do. And there's always, you're always, the both of you guys are always moving forward to inspire people. I want to hear from you first, Dana, and then Prince, I want you to share your vision on moving forward. What, what, what drives that inspiration?
2: I mean, the goal is to move forward together. You know what I mean? I just feel like there are so many, you know, all we're all about family business, and we're all about family generational wealth, and and the goal is for us to continue to aspire that one person in the family who's the chosen one, because at the end of the day, we know that our message is not for everyone. We know that everyone's not called to be an entrepreneur. We know that everyone's not called to be a leader, but if our message, and, and it, we could just get it out to that specific chosen person and your family and their family and the families across the country, then we can rise them up to the you know, accountability and the responsibility level that they need to have in order to change the next generation of their family. And so when it comes to business, there's just so many hidden talents and just extraordinary things that each individual family member could do, but there was just never that one person that could pull it all together right. for them to do it for each other instead of doing it for a corporation who could care less what responsibility you have, and you are just a number. You are just a you know you're just a you're just a person that at any point in time they can let go. And so for us, our vision behind all of our companies is literally creating an opportunity from licensing to. Um, with jumping jack tax to um, distribution for getting people's products out there. But what's most important is that we're able to do it together. And Don and I have quickly found, (laughs) like, what we're both individually really good at. And Mm -hmm. then together, it's like we have absolutely no weaknesses. And so um, our recent project that we came out with was Co-Founders, which is a his and her fragrance. Um, They're two completely different scents. Um, And the goal behind it was... Dude, you have no idea how much love and support we've gotten from like social media, like people always and especially like older people too, they're like, oh my gosh, social media is the enemy, blah, 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 like it's the devil's <laughs> playground. But it also is a breeding ground of purpose right. and extraordinary like love right. when you're using it in the right way. And right. from the beginning, since me and Don have started dating, right. like literally so many people have been so supportive. So we just kind of wanted to put it in product form. A, it's called co-founders um, because we believe that every family business, every family unit starts with its co-founders.
1: Well, great, Prince. Your turn, my man.
6: It was kind of challenging to follow up from there, but
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I let the headliner
1: go first. Now, let the headliner go first.
6: <laughs> That's the benefits of uh, being with an extraordinary woman. So, absolutely, uh, I think that uh, she summed it up correct. Is is that we are the co founders of our family and. We've been using this term more and more over the past few months. I think that when me and Dana first originally started our brands, it was separate. You know she had her her own separate brand and what she was selling, and then I had my own separate brand and what I was selling because we were trying to build individually. But now we've come to realize uh over these the course of these past six months that Everything that we do together in a sense of promotion, in a sense of putting our minds together from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, knowing how to run the company from a corporate perspective, uh, when we put it, like how to lead our teams effectively, that when we put our minds together, uh, we, we just truly can't be stopped. And, and we're believers, we're, we're believers that, you know, uh, that our business will only go as far as the bond that we have with each other. And so we lean on each other and we understand our weaknesses. We understand our strengths and we, we we play our lane and play our position. And ultimately what keeps, I don't know, you know, Dana gave her perspective, but what keeps me going is that um, I believe that I, it it sounds cliche, but I truly have a purpose from God of understanding that uh, we're sent here on this earth with a mission, right? Like, For example, when Moses was sent here, when Jesus was sent here, when Abraham was sent here, they all had missions that they had to play, and that mission could not be, like, in no way, shape, or form, nobody could deter them from that mission. They knew that they had to hit the target. And even when you look at uh, animals, right? An animal, when when he or she is on this earth, has a mission to either mate, to hunt, and to reproduce, like reproduce. And they follow that mission to the T. Humans make it complicated. <laughs> so for me, I'm just trying to get to the point to where I'm not trying to complicate my life, right. but focusing in specifically on the mission, um, of what God has me here to do until it's my time to go. And, uh, Hopefully I, hopefully, I make him proud of, oh, of, you, that, of that. You make uh, me proud. You make me proud. That. And being able to do that, yeah. I'm
1: telling you, it really does. It's, as a couple, you make me proud because in the lanes that you guys are, are changing the game, first of all, usually it's like people over 40, you know, people my age, you know, we the experienced people, you know, and you guys are like telling young people, and it's important that you hear this in a positive manner because like I told Prince last time he was on the show, Dane, I, I went to the website and I saw all these young people on the cover, you know, and that letting them know, and I always tell people in my conversation with them this that your dream starts in your in your early years. You know, when you're 19, That's 20, it. you know, you're inspired to do great things. And what happens is when people hit their 40s and 50s, sometimes those dreams are, are bent in a different direction. They might get married, they might have kids, they might if they start listening to the wrong people too much, saying, "Hey, man, you're crazy for doing that." I remember when I left. IBM to be a stand-up comic. You know how many people told me I was crazy? But look at me now. So you have to <laughs> you, you have to stop listening to people. And so but you guys didn't listen. Y'all y'all stayed focused because you had a family of entrepreneurship pushing you forward. That drive is what makes you successful today. Just, this, 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 I'm about to wrap up this break, because you know, you guys, y'all, y'all, you know, I could just say ask one question. Y'all gonna talk for about two, three minutes. That's why I love both of y'all. I don't have to work. <laughs> I don't have to work when I get DNP on the phone, you know, Dana and Prince on the phone. But what I do want to make sure that people understand that Jumping Jack Taxes is the first and fastest growing tax company in the country to bring tax professional to you. Just locate a jumping jack partner on our mobile app. That right there, my man. It's a game changer. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more detail because I want to also talk about the co-founders. We kind of like glossed over that because, you know, you got to ship me some cologne out here so I can smell good for the young folks. (laughs) Be back with more money-making conversation with Sean McDonald. And my favorite couple, Dana and Prince. Hi, this is Rashad McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. It's tax season, and Dana and Prince created the virtual tax preparation service, Jumping Jack Tax, and the bookkeeping service software, Jack Books, to help people file their taxes and manage their business finances. On the phone is Dana and Prince. Tell me again, uh, I know, Prince, you was on the show in December talking about this, Dana as well. Talk to me about exactly why did Jumping Jack Tax jump off? How can you license it, and why is it growing so fast? That's such a good
2: question. (laughs) Absolutely.
6: Uh, Well, basically, I think, number one, we can all agree right now that the tax business is a universal service. Yes. Meaning that every single person across the country 100% needs their taxes done, or they're going to get penalties, or they're going to go to jail. Uh, Thank the government for that. So, (laughs) with that being said... (laughs) Okay. We went into an industry where every single person needs their taxes done so everybody's your customer. And also when you look at it as well, when you, when you walk around our communities, this is a need-based business. This is something that everybody, uh, everybody needs. So when I look at it, I say to myself, uh, this is a perfect business for uh, somebody that wants to go into entrepreneurship and needs a blueprint. Right. or somebody that is already in entrepreneurship but looking for an additional stream of revenue or an entrepreneur who's looking for an exit plan out of the business that they're currently in, mm-hmm. I think taxes is the perfect opportunity. And the reason why it's jumping off the way it is with so much momentum is because we've created a blueprint. Yes. I think something that, why, the reason why you see so many nail salons all across the country is because they have a set blueprint in place that whoever wants to open up the nail salon that's in the Asian community can follow that blueprint to the T and just open it up. Right. But people hate complication, especially going into entrepreneurship. Um, everybody, I, I don't believe that everybody is a visionary, right? You got some people who can follow a system because, remember, we were all taught to follow systems from, from, from children, you know, go to school, go to lunch, go to break do our homework, come back to school every day, and we're doing it every single day of our our entire lives. So people follow systems. Very rarely do you have somebody that goes the opposite way of the system to start something, you know, creative. So what we did was we wanted to create a simple system, a simple blueprint, that when we license out the Jumping Jack Tax brand to you or whoever is listening to this, Basically, you hop on, we give you the blueprint, and you'll be able to start generating revenue right away. And that's the reason why it's becoming so popular, because people are like, wow, I didn't know how simple it was for me to do this. Now, I'm not saying simplicity in the sense of you don't got to do work, because with any system, you still got to work hard. Mm -hmm. But the work required to build the foundational piece of the business That's the part that they're skipping over uh, to be able to start generating revenue, and that's what made Jumping Jack Tax super unique. I don't think that we did anything different than other tax companies. Other than the fact that we did, uh, of course, implement technology, but technology was still already around in the tax industry to begin with. Um, You have other tax companies that have way bigger, way bigger budgets for technology, but I think that we brought such a a great, cool perspective, perspective, a fresh and cool perspective, and we also brought the culture to the company. What do I mean by the culture? Well, when you look at a lot of other tax companies, many of them are, uh, are ran by those of the white community. Absolutely. Or maybe not the white community, of other, other nationalities that are not African-American or other minorities, such as Hispanic. So when we brought the culture, we now brought this vision to where the everyday person can do taxes from their home and they got a sweatsuit on and they look really cool, like an everyday individual. So with that being said, it made everybody say, wow, you look just like me and you prepare taxes and generate money. I didn't know that I could do that. And now everybody is like, hey, this is this is a great opportunity for me. It really
1: it really is because of the fact that you're, you know, the know the young generation and you guys are the young generation. It's such a bad rap, you know you want to do things you don't work hard you know you know you you you, you want to you want to run before you crawl you know but but the, I love the fact that again you're talking to your audience okay and I tell you right now that audience you're talking to I probably wouldn't reach I probably wouldn't reach because I'm not relatable cuz I'm there I'm there I look like their father I look like their uncle <laughs> you know you know so so gonna go, okay but then you you looking at you two, attractive intelligent articulate couple saying you can be me in that same age room right, 22 23 24 26 i can be you well how can i be you then you guys start talking then dana start talking and when she get tired prince take over i got your baby tag team we're gonna go get this money we're gonna get paid we're gonna let these people these young people know they can be like us oh, they can be millionaires at 22 they can be millionaires at 25 correctly correctly that is what. Absolutely. That's why I, I I'm so motivated when I talk to you two because, at 22, I didn't know who Rashawn McDonald was. You know, I was, I, it took me seven years to graduate from college. So I was I was wow. and you know I was trying to figure it out. And then when I was when I figured it out, I was still allowing other people to direct me. And eh, you shouldn't do yeah. that, Rashawn. Uh, Rashawn, I don't know about that because what I've learned is that you cannot talk to people who cannot understand your dreams because you cannot talk to somebody who goes to work and realize they want a career as a 40 hour, a 40 hour week career because they want, they know what they're going to do. They know they're banking. There's nothing negative. They know they're going to be as a bank teller. They know what they're going to do. If they're a chef, they know what they're going to do. If they're a truck driver or, or a data management person, they know. But if you ask me what I do every day, I'm going I'ma really go, I don't really, I really don't feel like telling you cause it's so tiring. <laughs> because it changes every day. Isn't that correct, Dana?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's something extraordinary that you mentioned. I would say, once again, the only reason we are here. And I think this is very important to say out loud because I hate the idea of, like, everyone's on social media being, quote, unquote, successful, but yet you don't know their history right. and not understanding where their money comes from. Because right. money, like, whenever you buy something, there's a receipt. Whenever you got the IRS, money has been transferred, it needs to be taxed, right. right? So there needs to be a clear history. Okay, how are these young, stupid kids who are, like you said, what older people call us, um, they're, so, they're so stupid, they're just young, they're just got running real fast. They don't know what they're doing <laughs> yes. like how is it that they're 20 25 year old millionaires and the and the answer is is because this is what happens when you build a strong foundation in the household and you mix old wisdom with young stamina and that is the key that's that. important is when you mix Old old wisdom of your book, girl. Standpoint. That's the title we given by our father an extraordinary plan. And I think that's something that we need to do to just remember is that the goal isn't for your kids to go figure it out, go into more debt and then make decisions trying to look for their life when we're supposed to be starting life with 30, 40 years of experience, however old your parents are. And so when our dad looked at us and said, yo, I see your gifts and I see your talents, right? Don, you're good with numbers and you're good with finances, right? And then Dana, I see you're good with, with communication skills and I see you're good with marketing and I see that you're good at bringing people together for a common goal and a calls You guys would be great. Let's actually pick a product or a service that actually is beneficial to our community. And so once again, it started with our co-founders and we were our dad's first co-founders. Right. Now, as we push the envelope... And we're taking on the next generation. We will be the co-founders of the next generation in the, of the family now when my father dies. And so we are only in the tax business because there was wisdom that said, hey, this is extraordinary service that you better you better take this over. But what happens is the reason why we're jumping so far ahead of these other companies, like I won't even say their names because they don't pay us, right? <laughs> is they're not listening to young people. No, They're not listening to us. And mind you, they're not even utilizing our, our stamina to say, yo, I got these young kids who are willing to fight for a cause, and bring people together, so let me use them. So, once again, our lane was so open, I believe 100% God chose us for this because he saw that our families was willing to share. Share money, share information, share opportunity, and that's the only reason why we're here today is because God saw that we were a family that was going to rise up a nation of other minority families to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, and capable of making money so that we don't fall behind the eight ball when these jobs are sitting there just firing us because computers are taking over. that's specifically why my dad gave us wisdom, and we built the company.
1: There you go. There you go. See, I, I'll tell you, I just love talking that's to the DMP. Right. Now, let me just tell you something about this, uh, this conversation we're having. How, do, how does one reach out? How does one get in touch about becoming a part of the uh, Jummy Jack Tax platform and the uh, bookkeeping software service, Jack JackBooks.
2: Yeah, download the Jumping Jack Tax app. All our contact information is in there. Don't ever be afraid to give us a call. But most importantly, like, like, and I just want to thank you for such an extraordinary platform. Is like, dude, we can't keep listening to inspirational content but doing nothing with what God breathes. Inspira- inspire means God breathes. And so my thing is, when God breathes life into your mind, whoever's listening, whoever's watching, when God says something to you and gives you that bright idea or that very thing that says, you know what, I need to make a change, do something about it, act on it, stop listening to inspirational content, stop watching it on social media, on Instagram 50 million times, and let's do something about it. We are not out here for our health, we are not out here for you to watch us, but most importantly, we're out here to make sure you can provide for your family. So please, download the Jumping Jack Tax app and support the co-founders, we're just trying to do everything we possibly can to make sure our families are good and not just ours, yours too.
1: Now, Prince, you, uh amen. Can I get amen right there? I got to throw an amen, mm-hmm. let everybody know. You, you, you don't transition from that without saying amen or hallelujah. Now, now, Prince, you
2: hallelujah. To- <laughs> but hey, I want to say thank you so much, and I'm so proud of what you're doing, and I'm glad that wisdom like you helps and, and put, puts their hand down to rise up young people like us and i just want to say thank you so much oh, this show is so extraordinary for that and i'm just so grateful
1: i'm just telling you something this is it's, it's you know it took me a minute to figure out what rusham what what my what my next step in life i've had a tremendous amount of success in my life but this next step my legacy this is my legacy journey that to be able to create this wow. platform be able to come on here hey you know 989 gonna pop up when you click on my YouTube channel, my links. So it's about this is free information. I'm 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 fortunate to get people like you to come on my show. You know, there's no negative spirit on this show, so you can tell people, look, this is how we do it. Hard work is always tied to success. Goal planning, consistency. That's always. And now, now when we've got this new fragrance line. That's what really. That's why I wanted to bring you on the show. Go, man. They stepping over there. They step. They they, they stepping in a smell good lane. Co-founders on Valentine's
6: Day. That's the launch date, Prince.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Launch
6: yeah. Launch date is uh, February fourteenth, two thousand twenty. Yep. Mm, 100%. Mm, 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 mm. Now, now you got any that's any totally
1: any pre order banners?
2: Apple.com, which is also one of our companies, but we wanted to not just um, you know drop the perfume and cologne line but we wanted to show people hey you don't need permission right. you know what i mean you don't need someone to tell you that you can do this we are 100 percent the owners of the co-founder name we're owners of we trademarked that we're owners of the actual product itself and um all the content and we're owners of the actual distribution platform and so we're here to support support not just us but the other people on Carl bible um but 100 percent uh, we are very, very excited, and we just wanted a fragrance because it is our love and our obedience to God. And when we became fo- co-founders and became married, we brought two families together that right. just broke so many generational curses. Like, do you know that we were the first ever for our family, our, our little brothers and sisters, to see a wedding?
7: mm and your yeah. family,
1: We've awesome. even
2: seen our parents get married before, right, so right. this is a huge thing for us, for our family, for for you know, for young black couples to see. Yo, there's no reason to go looking for something you're not going to find, but to find purpose in your spouse, and you might as well start getting to work for God as soon as possible because your time is limited.
1: No, no, in hearing both of you, both of you two talk, you know, there's a responsibility that comes because you know you're asking people to step out. And it's not, and the, the love. The part I like is that it's not about just stepping out on faith, but stepping out on a plan. And also, you remind people there's a lot of work involved. You know, let's 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 not just just don't get in line line with me if you if you hoping, if you hope this gonna happen. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I sure hope I get some money. I sure hope I get this. I get some my taxes done. I sure hope I can start a business with them. There's a business principle that's put in place. And that, that carries with a responsibility because people can follow you out there and then not realizing that there's a certain time commitment that has to be put in place. What, what In saying that, Dana, what is the responsibility of being who you two are when you're out there marketing, when you're out there talking to people about being successful, that you can do it, create your own legacy within the minority community?
6: I think the responsibility is showing ownership, Um over the things that you have as opposed to what you got, I, know. Um, I think wh- one of the biggest one of the biggest things I tell people all the time is there 's a difference between what you own versus what you got right yeah. right so and this is what we want to explain to people. This is the reason why we going to all of these different lanes because we want to show the blueprint. I um, will give a clear example of what that means. Uh, when people go to college for example and they go and get a degree they think that they own a degree but what they actually got is a degree and what I mean by that is uh, my definition of ownership is when you have the ability to sell or transfer an asset at any given time at any given price whenever you feel like it right um, I can because I own it I own the name I own the rights Right. now when you got something my definition of what you got basically means that you're holding this asset for the true owner but at while you're holding it it comes with perks right right That's, this is my mm-hmm. definition of what you got so mm-hmm. my idea is when you go to college right you go to college you get a degree you don't own a degree, you got a degree, because if I got a degree, basically it meant that I could transfer or sell that degree to somebody else if I wanted to because I control the rules of the degree. Mm-hmm. But the university told me, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. They said, no, you can't do that. This is yours. You got to, somebody else got to go get it. <laughs> right. So that means you have the right to sell. <laughs> right. Um, so us, what we're trying to do is... Oh, they call that cheating. Oh, they call that cheating.
7: ownership. hmm
6: We're trying to show true true ownership and basically in the sense of, hey, own your name. Mm -hmm. Hey, own intellectual properties. Mm -hmm. Hey, own your ideas. ideas. Hey, own real estate. Hey, own stocks and bonds. Uh, Hey, own uh, whatever it is that you have the ability to sell or transfer down to your children or to somebody else for profit or in a sense of if the economy were to collapse right now, do I have anything to sell to be able to transfer for the newest asset that makes my family comfortable? What if that newest asset is rice? Because we all need rice in order to eat, but money no longer exists. Fiat money is no longer around. So now if I don't have money no more because that that has no value, do I have some sort of asset that I own that I can transfer now to say, hey, I need to eat, I need to take care of my family? And that's basically all we're trying to do as co-founders is just push that message that, yo, keep owning, keep owning, and keep owning. Some things that you own may not have any value. Some things that you own may collapse. Other things that you own, though, might end up increasing in value. And the more that you keep trying to own things, the more that it's going to, uh, something's going to stick that you're now going to be able to transfer and have access to to have to with your family. But I, I just preach the ownership part as opposed to people chasing the things that they got
1: yeah. right.
6: that, that that can be taken from them at any given
1: time. Oh, my man. we're talking. I'm talking to the creators and co-founders. fragrance line for men and women that will drop on Valentine's Day of this year. Uh, Sprinkle of Jesus, the number one Christian mobile app with over 5 million and counting users. Curl Bible, which is the number one black owned online beauty supply distribution store and Jumping Jack Tax, the fastest growing tax preparation service company in the country. They're the best. DNP, that's what I call them, DNP. Dana <laughs> and Prince, DNP. Thank, uh, thank y'all for taking the time to come on the show. Make sure you owe me some banners, you owe me some information. You know how we doing on Money Making Conversation? I we, I got love for you. Let me help you spread the love of DNP, Dana and Prince. It, dang. My, my, my young couple.
5: Thank you so much. We Appreciate talk soon. You. Appreciate it. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends,
0: tter.ai. A-I.
5: Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. Boom,
1: boom, 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 boom. Our next guest, she contacted us. Dun, 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 dun. Because her sister said, hey. Contact Rashad McDonald. He has Money Making Conversations. He's the man. Well, she did. My next guest is competing on the first season of the new Food Network show, Chop Sweets. Her dream is to provide pastries and chocolates, private chef services, catering, consulting, and teaching on a grander scale. Please welcome to Money Making conversation Executive Pastry Chef, Amber Kroom. Hi. <laughs> Thank I to, you so I, much I could mess me. up your intro, Amber. I had to, had to slow it down. I can't do he that. Did. I had to slow it down. <laughs> you know, you're coming on my show, you know, they'll edit that out. You know, they go, they'll it's edit a that mouthful. out. It's definitely a mouthful. <laughs> Good. But you know, the thing, I gotta, I gotta, you know, give you what you've accomplished. And that's what this interview and what I do on Money Making Conversation, because I always tell people, there are a lot of stars out there in this, in the, in the world of entrepreneurship, in the world of baking. Now, I'm a, I'm on the award winning baking. So I, I always like, you know, get a little happy when I talk to other bakers and, Cause, right. you're, Cause We're like in a little club because you know I always tell people I cannot watch TV, I cannot watch, I cannot <laughs> listen to music when I'm baking because one mistake, you you
8: it's done. <laughs> It is. That's that's what's so what's so special about baking versus like savory. You know, I'm not knocking the savory, you know, chefs, you know, we love savory food. But definitely when you're baking it's a science behind it. And, you know, if you make one mistake, if you're like one teaspoon or tablespoon off of a cake or a souffle or something like that, you gotta start all the way over. Like there is no all right, well let me see how I can fix this real quick. Nah, you gotta throw (laughs) it away and start all the way over and sometimes that's like thirty minutes to an hour. You know, worth the work that you have just put yourself behind. So, you know, baking definitely is something special um, for me, as well as a lot of people. I love the science behind it. Well,
1: I'm gonna tell you, uh, this uh, this is how I started baking. I was a uh, executive producing and co created the Steve Harvey Talk Show in Chicago, and Steve Harvey in 2012, and Steve Harvey pranked me into baking. That's how I started. You know, what? Just uh, pranked me and said, and basically daring me. I had never baked in my life in front of a live studio audience. He dared me to bake a cake. Of course, I baked three cakes, and the rest is history. Basically, uh, because I have an app with eighty different desserts called Perfect Bake, and uh, I'm a brand ambassador for that. That's how I started. How did you get started into into baking?
8: Well, like most people. Who, you know, always says, you know, my mom is a great cook. You know, my mom really is, um, she's an amazing cook. She's an amazing woman. And she was always in the kitchen, you know, having us try like all these different things. And I have to say, like, our house, especially for, like, Christmas Eve, because that's when we had our parties, was the house to go to because, you know, we're not having, like, a traditional food. She's doing duck and quail and, you know, oysters, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> oysters and lamb. You know
1: what I mean? oh, yeah. That ain't and my water. house. Fried chicken. you talking about ducks exactly.
8: and quail. Exactly. And for somebody that, you know, grew up in the inner city of Birmingham, Alabama, I'm originally from the area of Kingsville. You're from
1: the ham? You know, from the ham?
8: I'm from the ham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am from the ham. I have to represent my magic city um but exactly being from that area you don't think that you know necessarily these are the things you're going to be having you know we were having you know like chitlins and ham and turkey and you know all that black appies and collars and all those things are great please don't get it twisted but you know she definitely like opened my eyes um to this world that's out there and i remember us going to um San Antonio for one of her works trips, and this was, I'm like, I think like 11 or 12, and this was my first time t- trying escargot. You know what it was, oh, you yeah. know,
7: and I this, I love this was S-Cardo.
8: her. This was what she did in our lives is, you know, give us a, a different type of palate. So watching her in the kitchen, like baking, you know, all these pound cakes, you know, for events, and you know, all this, it just, it made me love it, and I fell in love with it then, even though most of the time I just watched her because... Right. Right, You know, we like to reap the benefits of the labor. We don't want to actually want to do the labor. Um, but she's definitely what got me into it um, in the beginning.
1: Well, this is awesome. This is awesome talking to you. Uh, now that I know you're from the ham, Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama, you know, and I, do I, do eat, like- I'm, I do eat chitlins. I do eat black eyed peas. I put my chitlins mm-hmm. over white rice. I also <laughs> eat escargot. I'm not a duck guy. I you know I tried it you know it is, it's it's a you know there's it's a dark side of the meat for me and I kind of like it's yeah
8: it's it's very gamey it's it's prepared perfectly though it's really good but it is a little bit you know a little bit too fatty for me so I don't just consume it like I wouldn't just necessarily pick it from a menu most of the time you know I'll eat it off of somebody else's plate. But right. you know, it serves its purpose. A like really good dustac taco, absolutely, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, i I can get down
1: with that. Well, you know, the, the whole thing about it—that's what the menu's all about. That's what—that's what being able to serve different people because everybody likes has a different uh, taste. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like Chinese food. A lot of people don't like. I know a lot of people don't like sushi, and I eat sushi. And right. I, I don't get too too sushi ish. You know, it's some stuff. Oh, you like sashimi?
2: You don't need the Ooh! sashimi. <laughs>
1: It's some stuff over there I won't mess with it Now but don't you, don't, like, you don't like your fish Straight out the ocean No No
8: Just right on the
1: plate I'm a California roll guy I, I, And some tempura <laughs> shrimp Roll Your boy winning I'm winning I'm winning Listen I, I
8: can't knock that Because that used to be me too I was like yeah I never really liked the taste Of raw fish Period uh-huh. mm-hmm. But like I said Certain places Will make it And I'll be like I I, I can rock with that I can awesome. But yeah You know Stick with that tempura Those crabs you know,
1: the imitation crab thing. <laughs> hey, 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 don't be shooting down my taste buds. There. <laughs> imitation crab. Know you. cream cheese. <laughs> cream cheese and a little <laughs> so, I'm going to stop talking to you. I'm going to stop talking to you. See, that's when you have. That's good people to, I'm just trying to be honest. I'm just opening my heart to you. Oh, yeah, imitation crab, it. huh? That's you, that's huh? That's I already it. said, oh, he ducked. So you really kind of, I told you he's he chitlin'. Oh, he's so country. I thought he was big time. He don't want I'm, I'm, t-
8: I'm country, yo. It's so funny because people talk to me and then it's like, well, you don't really have an accent. I am like, no, not really until I talk about number one, something I love, and then I start talking fast and then that, that, that. Thing in the back of your voice where you just can't help but say Alabama country, and if you just start, <laughs> well, and then I like talk to my friends and my family. When I come back, you know, from seeing them, mm-hmm. and my boyfriend's like, I, I can't even understand you right now. Boy, okay, I don't yeah. even. Well, I understand I know you. My
1: talking. listeners will understand you too. <laughs> We're talking to Amber Croom. She's competing in the first season of a new Food Network show Chop Sweets. Tell us about that. First of all, tell us about the show, and second, tell us how you became, I guess, a contestant on the show.
8: Okay. Oh man. So, you know, Chop Sweets is an amazing endeavor for them because out of I think the 44 or the 45 seasons that Chop has been on, I think it started in like 2009, you know, that's, you know, 11 plus years that the show has been on, they've maybe done three or four episodes where they feature desserts. Mm, that's right, it. Right. Out of four. And so for them to say, okay, you know, there's a market out there these you know, these talented artists are out there and they need to be tested just like the savory chefs. Mm -hmm. And they decided to do this platform. They decided to to give us a chance to kind of shine a little bit. And I'm grateful for it because, you know, as a chef who hasn't watched Chopped and sat there and thought, I know what I would do. Oh, why didn't do that. That's nasty. I would have done da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, but <laughs> so you just sit there. <laughs> and uh, hindsight <laughs> is 20-20. And it's, it's not it is. Well, it's on you now. It's on, not you, now. It's it on you, Amber. Then somebody's going to
1: say, that's <laughs> nasty. She's stupid. Boy, she's nervous. Did she sweat? Yep. Why'd she put that together? Why'd to do
8: that? Oh, he left that off the plate. I wouldn't have left that off the plate. How you
1: gonna just leave that off the
8: plate? It's like sitting right there.
1: How oh, you going leave our vanilla <laughs> <laughs> who, who you that vanilla extract? Who leaves that vanilla
8: extract? You could just dissect <laughs> that thing, and you know, as a chef, that's like a pinnacle for you. You know, you really want to get on that stage and really be, you know, tested, and you want to shine. So. Mm-hmm. You know to be able to do it on a pastry platform is is simply amazing and i got on the show because um in 2016 i actually did the holiday baking championship mm-hmm. um and so i was already like in my my casting company's pool of like chefs okay. and so they they contacted me and asked me if i wanted to audition. Um, or, like, put in my, you know, my information and stuff to actually be considered. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a week. And the next week they called me and was like, hey, can you get to New York in, in a week? I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not working, but sure. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it that, that process was so fast, like, super, super fast. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we need you here on, on that day. Can you come? And I was like, yeah, why not? Let me just drop okay, everything to, to New York and... Uh, uh, they, be a they,
1: part of this inaugural uh, season. Uh, you know, they've, uh People have contacted me uh, to be a, a, a contestant on these shows, and that's not what I do. You know, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a fun baker. You know, I. You know, you tell me. You know, one of them judges tell me some of my stuff is dry on tape. It's gonna, you know, it gonna, gonna, it gonna, it gonna be a different conversation. You know, it' gonna be hurt. It's <laughs> gonna be a different conversation. You know, you know, you tell me I can't. Uh, t- all you know, I got I got fans. Everything <laughs> I post gets liked. Everything I post goes viral. You know what I'm saying? See, I can't go on the show and somebody like, I don't sir, even know. We, what, we, what,
8: what, sir, what, we cannot bleep out the entire episode. We can't. <laughs> we can't do
1: it. <laughs> see, see, certain people just can't get on the show. Like me, I would like, they go, who booked him? See, I be getting executive producers fired, the little casting agent girl be over there crying. I don't know why we booked that dude. He was so nice on the phone. <laughs> Well, I don't. It's I don't good. like her. It hurt my feelings. Hurt, hurt my, my feelings. feelings. Oh my hurt my feelings out there. I be taking. I be taking my little desserts to people. They be crying. Who oh, I can't believe you bake for me. And I go on that TV show. Oh, sir, your your icing's dry and your cupcake is uh, dry too. Uh, we, and you. And they pick it through with the with the fork. I hate when they do that. When yep, they when they, they when they do. like pull it like like they surgically like my stuff ain't ain't t- ain't touchable no more. Be pulling it apart right there. See that? <laughs> you talk about
8: your cupcake dry. you to be like, yo, mama, your mama dry. You know, like, you automatically
6: want to just
8: <laughs> come back and, like, I like you this. know. But I had, to, I had to call my mom. I was like, you know, I know you're going to watch this show and uh-huh. you're a Southern mom, so I want to apologize in advance right. for my mouth. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't. I just want you to know I'm sorry. <laughs> right.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, the thing about it is that, first of all, I know why you're on the your show. You got a great personality. And secondly, uh, you know, I, I want you to be a friend of the show because uh, I want to follow you. This is just one step. I always tell people, you know, a lot of people, they get on TV. Oh, this is my moment. Oh, I'm going to be discovered. I'm going to be famous. Well, yes and no. You know, yeah, this, these are right. just steps. It's like you're going up a ladder. You know, you go. You just right. want to keep climbing and climbing. Nobody knows what that top step is, you know, because you always hear billionaires. They want to make more billions. So that means mm-hmm. that everybody's goal Keep moving. Now, if you get a point like Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, he won a Super Bowl. He won won another Super Bowl. You know, Tom Brady, he won six. He won seven. So your goal yep. is gonna always keep moving forward. And, and, and on your next step, I want to talk about some of those steps that happened way in the past that are good steps okay. that got you to be this very personable girl from the ham. That you yeah. a duck, ate escargot, oh, uh, you know, quail <laughs> eggs, all that good stuff. All in the city of Birmingham. The ham, magic in city. Birmingham. We'll be back more with the executive pastry chef who starred in the new food network show, Chop sweets. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversations. On the phone today is a good friend of mine. I'm calling my friend. We, we had one good interview. We've been laughing and you know, doing uh, uh, mama jokes. All kind of good stuff on this phone and we talk about pastries and her appearance on the new Food Network show Chop Sweets. Please welcome back to the call Amber Chrome. Amber... <clears throat> Now, yes. I, I'm, I, I you know, early in my stand-up comedy career, one of the things that I did on a regular basis was perform on cruise lines. I performed on the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. I performed on the Norwegian Cruise Line. And one of the things I loved was food. Food, food, mm-hmm. food. And one of the beauties was the pastries that they gave out there. Now, you performed on a six-star cruise line called the Silver Sea in 2011. Mm-hmm. How did that help your pastry career?
8: Oh man. Um that, that helped me in so many ways that is not necessarily just pastry but just personally. On the pastry side of it, you know, this, this particular cruise line, you know, why I chose it is because it went around the world. Right. It it went litera- it literally went around the entire world. And, you know, I remember when I Started in this industry, I sat down and I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this dream board thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm just going to do it. And I just sat there and I said, okay, well, what in your wildest dreams, if money were never an option, if obstacles were never in your way, where would you want to go? What would you want to do when I just created this board? And in my time with Silver Sea, I literally crossed off every single place I wanted to visit in the world. Wow, and yeah, it, like it. It just when I look back at it, it was just it was mind blowing um, to be able to have this opportunity uh, again. This little girl from <laughs> this mm-hmm. little girl from Israel, mm-hmm. is you know sitting in the Mediterranean Sea, you know right. making pastries. Just right. you know sitting in Australia making pastries, and you know the the cruise line will test you because you know every night, like you you know you generally work six months. Um, when you're American, they only give you like six, four to six month contracts. Right. Everybody else is like eight to nine. But it, this is an everyday thing, you know. And everybody's like, "Well, you didn't have a day off." Like, no, honey. Like we worked every <laughs> single day. I know. I don't. You know, for six for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was able because the the line I was on, our our menus changed daily. So every day, I was making a different type of cuisine pastry. So I'm learning how to make Indian, I'm learning how to make, you know, Asian influence, I'm learning English, I'm learning Irish, I'm learning all these different methods and all these different types of pastries
7: mm-hmm. that
8: now when I make things, I, I have a box to pull from where I'm not, you know, one-dimensional in my creations. Right. and that, just that it teaches you time management it teaches you you know how to make quantity but not just quantity but actually making quality
7: right.
8: um things and you know it it tests you that whole no crying in the kitchen um yeah i mean i cried in the cooler a few times <laughs> like, <laughs> when it took a break mm-hmm. when my french chef is yelling at me because i didn't know how to make a proper crepe mm-hmm. and i remember one day they just had me standing at you know this eight eight, ten top burner with ten pans where I'm making crepes for, like, five hours. Right. Boom, boom, right. boom, right. like, you know, and right. then I got amazing at it, and now I'm, you know, a great crepe maker. But, you know, in that environment, you're either going to thrive or you're going to fail. Right. And that's your choice. Right. You know, that's your choice as to how you're going to take this experience. It's not just about being able to travel the world. This place tested who I was and built me. You know, to where a lot of times I look in the kitchen now and, you know, a lot of people are so sensitive and so soft because you got to work like nine hours. I'm like, boo, I was 16 hours in the kitchen. Come on, let's go. Let's go. You know, you're younger than me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. And I feel like that being in that environment actually fostered that inside of me. It fostered my work ethic. It fostered, you know, my creativity. And then, on, you know, on top of all that, I'm getting to eat some amazing foods. Absolutely. You know, I'm getting to go Absolutely. to these places and mm-hmm. get the authentic cuisine of these places, and it was amazing.
1: Well, you know, you've told me a couple of stories here, okay? You <laughs> you told me about your mom teaching you how to do, how to, uh, just watching her because you really watched and had this amazing uh, option to view her, just having a diverse kitchen menu. And then we talked about right. the Silver Sea in 2011. Where did the education and the training come from?
8: Well, originally I went to school in New Orleans. I went to the University of New Orleans, and I did naval architecture and marine engineering. So I was on a totally, <laughs> I was on a totally different path than what I'm on now. And um, when Hurricane Katrina happened, I was there, but I wasn't one of the people that actually evacuated. So I was there for four to five days during that entire ordeal. Like everything we saw on TV, that was what we were dealing with. Right. And I remember. Um, Getting to Houston and staying the night and, like, sitting on the edge of my bed and just trying to figure out what happened, what just happened. Mm-hmm. And I got to Alabama, and um, nothing seemed right, and I really didn't know what to do. And I knew I didn't want to go back to New Orleans. I didn't, you know, want to pursue this career anymore. Um, while it was, you know, lucrative and, you know, I'm still creating, it wasn't making me happy. And I saw a lot of sadness. I saw a lot of death. That happened, mm-hmm. you know, during Katrina, and I just realized that, you know, life is too short to not be doing what you love, and, you know, I had to sit there and say, well, what do I love? What can I do every day and not get paid for it? And I was like, well, I love eating, and I love pastries, and I want to pursue this, so I actually went to culinary school um, right. in Birmingham, Alabama, um, at the Art and that is where I got, like, my formal education, right. and that's where it all really started for me in 2010.
1: Good. Well it's uh was it's led to you uh, opening your own business called And for Desserts. That's a cool title. Yeah. And for desserts. And for dessert. Yeah. You know, exactly. Uh, every every waiter waitress always, and for dessert you like? You know, they always ask you that mm-hmm. what do you want for dessert? You know. <laughs> my menu. A, and you
8: know, it's funny, that's exactly where that came from. That's exactly where it came from. I was on brainstorming with my friend one day. We were in the basement um of my church that I was going to at the time and um, I was like, you know what? I really want to open my own dessert restaurant. I don't want just, you know, a bakery. I want, you know, to be able to have like the things that I love and my favorite, which are appetizers, because I love appetizers. I love a good app. I really do. I could just eat like six, seven apps and, you know, call it a day. And then really good dessert and really good drink and really great ambiance. And she was like, well, what do you call it? I was like, I don't know, you know. Mm, and we started throwing stuff. And I was like, you know, when you go to like wine for dessert, you have it just, like style right there.
1: Cool. And for dessert. Cool. Now, Here's the thing. You've set me up for the show because you've shown me that, uh, you know, you have this little southern background. You know, your mom kind of set the stage for you to be very open-minded. Then you went on this cruise line, and you uh, had had all these different styles, all these different, uh, you know, Indian, Chinese, all these different desserts. Now, you're on a dessert show that you, that Food Network has launched, a competition show called Chop Sweets. Mm-hmm. Did it help you? Did your background help you? This 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 especially the cruise line opportunity did it help you and being able to provide. I know this is not the first competition show, but it is this, right. it is kind of like the uh the the, the the what they say the 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 top of the line. Mm-hmm. Chop, chop mm-hmm. the chop is the top of the line. You know, they come in with the dark <laughs> it, light, dun, dun 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 dun, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you walk in there, you know, they got they suited up. They know they they know they this this the Oscar of uh the Emmy Award yeah. winning chop.
8: This said, they said right here. Were you intimidated, intimidated at all? Amber, were you
1: intimidated split. at all? Were you just ready? You know, you were ready to get fired up about this.
8: You know, honestly, I thought I was going to be intimidated, but, you know, I had to have a coming Jesus meeting with myself before it started. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you you know what I mean? You've been through so much. You, you've been tested. You've been tried. This ain't nothing. You got this. Either you're going to win or you're going to lose. One right. of the two. Which right. one you want. You right. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. whatever you're going to do, go out there and leave it on the floor.
1: Because those competition shows can be really nerve wracking, you know the way they do it. You got to do little separate interviews and repeat what you already oh, done. And, you know, there's a lot of work. You of got pe- like
8: you got like thirty people just looking at you, and that's all they're paid to do is just stand there and look at you, right? <laughs> like that in itself is like it's, it's hard, and you got the cameras, and you know certain places you can't walk, you know, like right. you know, and then they want you to you know actually engage with your people while you're trying to focus. But you know, I I was prepared for it. I was. Win or lose, you know, everything that I've done in my career prepared me for that moment. It really did. You know, cruise ship, teaching me how to manage my time, you know, checking the clock, making sure I'm, you know, I'm on point. It taught me how to, you know, actually do my menu. You know, okay, I can do this, this this. While I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. While I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. You know, you're multitasking. Um, and then it also, and you're, and, you're, outside of the box.
1: and you're a good talker too. So that really helps, you know, you have personality <laughs> that really helps. So what's next for you, Amber Croom?
8: Um, you know, honestly, my next step, um, after opening my place is I want to do my own show. I'm not going to speak too much on it.
1: Like, oh, okay. You know, you know, you're, you're talking one me. of the one of the biggest producers in television, Rashawn McDonald. And that's why
8: we friends, you Rashawn. That's why we friends. All right, there's a Okay, look you know, up
1: hookup Are you oh, what, are you based in the Ham? Or are you someplace of the Ham? Was where you came um, from
8: um as where i'm from but i'm currently living in baltimore maryland
1: oh she up there east coast okay well you know I, i'm up there lot, being dc so i'm coming to dc next month this month in fact i got us to meet there so maybe we can coordinate some things and, and and for sure because some things that you ran and that you talked about i thought this would be a great television idea so i'd like mm-hmm. to I'd like to connect that in your head because of the fact that you are a very very talented uh artists. Artists as they say. I always tell people that uh you know that uh food and is just art that you eat. That's all I do. it's just art that you look at. that's so pretty, then you eat it, you know. Then yeah, you, exactly. You just eat it. And so so you, you 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 can't tell us how it goes. When does this when does the competition start? when does this start? When does the show airs?
8: It um the first episode airs February third at ten PM, but my episode airs February tenth. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard
1: Time. Because, you know, that's the one I want, the February 10th one. I know yeah. there's a lot of people out there I should be promoting, but I'm only going to promote you because you're my friend. You're from the ham. Thank you're you. now living in Baltimore. <laughs> you know, you've, you've cruised the world. You 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 survived Hurricane Katrina. You, you yeah. went to my city, Houston. That's why I'm from Houston, so I felt kind of a little, a little something about you when you said you was in Houston Thank feeling bad on the edge yep. of a bed. I went, wow. Okay. Houston's not that bad. Yeah. But I realized that nice. those challenges that you face in life make you, they shape you and make you who the special person that you are. More importantly, they let you know that you can be inspired to, to do great things for yourself. Thank you for coming on my show, yeah. Amber and uh, February 10th, you know, they're going to hopefully send me a uh, banner so I can promote your appearance on the show. And I wish you good luck. And also know this is your home for anything you want to promote in the future, because you just told me my business uh, I'm doing some great things down the line, Rashawn. I want to change the game and put my name yes. in line for success. Please come back on exactly. one to make a conversation, okay?
3: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player funds.
1: My next guest is a two-time Billboard 40 Under 40 power player. In his career, he has overseen the development of many notable artists and brands, including Anita Baker, Emily King, Corey Henry, Luke James, Michelle Williams, Miguel, Cooling the Game, Lecrae, Leon Thomas, festivals like Outside Lands Music Festival, and many more. He is an artist manager, founder of Culture Collective and Culture Collective Records. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversations, my man, Jonathan Azul.
3: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Hey, man, gotta, it's a hey man, the, the, the intro only gets bigger every time you come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: appreciate that. I, I appreciate the the, the, the invite to, to be back on the show, speaking with you.
1: Well, you know the great thing about uh, watching your brand and and it's all about reinventing yourself. You know, you're doing this 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 process, and then all of a sudden, you see an opportunity. But there's always a, a possibility that, that shift may not work in the process of mm-hmm. how you're building your brand and, and leading talent, but also recognizing that you are a brand and a talent, too. How do you separate the difference?
3: I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I've, I've always considered myself personally a brand. Right. And, and you know, I, I, people ask me, what do you do? And I, and I usually say, well, I'm a marketer at heart. Right, But I'm an artist manager, right? and I apply that mar- that, that approach to marketing as it relates to my, my deals with my clients, but also as it relates to myself as a brand. And I, I, I used to always think about myself like a, a blank cereal box. Right. right. And walking mm-hmm. down the aisle of a grocery store, you know, what are, the, what are the things, what are the images, the colors, what's on the side of the packaging that is going to make, so say, I say, I want to buy that, or I want to do business with that person. And, um, you know, if you got one of the elements that make up Jonathan Azu, what are the elements that make up culture collective? Mm-hmm. And I think about that packaging and the things that we want to apply to it, and that's all marketing. Yes, right? that's all marketing. That's all brand development. Right. Um, and we apply that. We apply that same that same approach to working with our clients as well as uh, ourselves.
1: Well, you know, uh, the good thing about it, I know a lot of your clients, and uh, just a little side note, Anita Baker giving you the best that I got. My wife and I got married on that song. That was our song at our wedding. So you know, I always wanted to tell Anita whenever I meet, I'm gonna hug and say. 32 years later, we still together, Anita. And your song <laughs> your song, helped us out. And so, but, you well, know. Congrats but,
3: to you then, by the uh, way. <laughs> thank you. Is thank that you. is
1: amazing. Thank you. Uh, it, it really, uh, I appreciate uh, what you're doing. Let's let's, uh, let's define what uh, from one uh, of my research. Uh, you founded Culture Collective in 2019. The importance of Culture Collective uh, as regards to urban artists make up less than 1%, 1% of the client base at stations, uh, at top firms nationwide. So, just a drive to understand that that urban artists are underrepresented in a field that they they, they may dominate, and so that's what the basis absolutely. of your development, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as somebody that sat at the top of major organizations and had an opportunity to look down at you know what, what's what's coming up next, what, what's having a cultural impact, but then also who's working on it, I saw this massive lack of diversity and inclusion um, within the corporate ranks of these bigger companies. Um, and then in addition to that, you, know, you look at the artists that are, that are the, the, the trendsetters and wearing the pavement in today's generation, and, you know, they look like us, right? And right. the people that are representing them do not. Not that, that it's, it's necessarily a, a, a race thing, but ultimately, from a cultural perspective, you want to be able to look across the table and know that you're, that you're, you're um, you know, somebody really connects with what, what you're doing. So I, I started Culture Collective with that mindset, the mission statement, where diversity and inclusion is how we think about who we work with and how we hire. Right. And my goal is to really, really have a well-represented set of team members that can sit with our clients and come up with the concepts and ideas to build their career. And that was the birth of Culture Collective. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. It's been almost a year. Since we last spoke, yes, sir. Uh, I joked that we, we still have that new car smell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're in, but we're, you know, we're having we're having a lot of fun and and being entrepreneurs, we get an opportunity to look at opportunity spaces that um, that need to be filled. And within that, we we have some clients that were in between record labels, right? Uh, they, they didn't have partners to put out music, but they have very very and careers and touring and other other aspects of what they were doing, but they just didn't have a partner put out music. And I started to look at why why can't we put out that music and you know, what are the barriers and entries of us putting out that music. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, we started Culture Collective Records with that in mind, and right. we, uh, we, we, we partnered with InGrooves, which is a Universal company, mm-hmm. to help make sure that our artist's music is available across all digital service providers, and we work closely with their team on the marketing and promotion of those artists. And Luke James, who's a longtime client, is the first artist to be released through this new venture. Right. Um, his new album, To Feel Love, was released on January 31st. Um, to Feel Love, the series was released on January 31st. And uh, we not only are the managers for Luke, but now we're proudly the record label for Luke.
1: Well, you know, the interesting part of why I... Maintain a relationship with you because of the visionary relationship that I feel that you're bringing to the industry. When you talk about the limited recognition of, you know, urban talent, African American talent, the talent of color, how we participate, but we seem to be bottled in. You know, I know I know that for a fact because I executive produced and cre- co-created the Steve Harvey Morning Show, and I was on there from 2000 to 2016. So I know how the music industry can industry can play itself out. And what I'm what I'm getting at is like, you know, we always get underrepresented, for instance, we have June as our Black Music Month. You know, June is Black Music Month. Okay, then you look at the Music Month for everybody else. You have the Grammys, you have American Music Award, you have Billboard, you have Howard Radio. We're not even talking about country and western. And then BET Music Award is basically our award show when we should have more. You know, know, that's the area that I really want to start talking to you about. How can we get more visual representation in our award shows on television? Because that is necessary. We we have to have more than just BET Awards. Am I mistaken when I say that, Jonathan?
3: Yeah, I, I agree. and I think it's interesting. It's an interesting point because I think that part of that more is our culture in in brands coming to life mm-hmm. um, in, in in more ways than just you know our award show. I mean BET Awards. I mean one of the most coveted award shows, absolutely ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Hip Hop Awards as well and. When you look at the Grammys, and the AMAs, and all these other shows, it's important for us to be able to have a presence within those environments, too, um, and not be underrepresented. And I think part of that is making sure that we do have people that represent our culture within the executive ranks of these companies so they can hire the right folks and be in the right room for these conversations to come to life. And this is about business,
1: because one of the big things about the Grammys this year was diversity. And uh, P. Diddy made a big deal on stage <laughs> doing his speech about diversity. Now, explain to the people why it's important to have diversity in music behind, you know, behind the performance, behind the talent.
3: I mean, so, I mean I'm going to go back to last Grammy because it's just something that was, that, was, that was well talked about. Uh, not, right. not this past Grammy, not 2020, but 2019. Mm-hmm. And there was, a Motown, there was a Motown tribute. Right. So a lot of people had a lot to say about. And most of that was around the fact that we weren't well represented within that tribute, okay. And um, I think that sometimes that can happen <laughs> if we don't have the right people in the room to make sure that our culture is really, really uh, represented.
1: Yeah, um, the wrong so. people singing uh, Motown hits, right? The wrong just because you're trying to get a hit, don't just throw somebody <laughs> out there singing something that's not, that's not that, that, that they shouldn't be singing it.
3: Correct. Yeah, or or, or has have no has have no real time. <laughs> Has no real tie to the to the to the history of Motown, right? So you know, I, I, I think um, you know, I think it's, it's super important at the end of the day, and, and you know, creating Culture Collective is just my way of of, of helping to break that cycle um, and really develop the, the, the next executive. I mean, we, we focus a lot around hiring young talent and hiring interns and mentoring uh, right. the folks. I, I always say that the ways in, the ways into the world of Jonathan Azu and Culture Collective right. are <laughs> as high touch as Negotiating um, deals, uh, partnering on on deals, right. on you to just inspiring each other. Well, you know, right? it's,
1: re- it's really uh, it's so special when I talk to you, Jonathan, Jonathan and, and the fact that you know I am meeting and talking to so many minds like you. You know, whether it's a Charles King at uh, Macro, and now he's starting the management division of his company, and you know, you're visionary. And and I know that this year we're all going to meet in the room. Because I because it's 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 you know we, we have to talk this conversation even what Byron Allen is doing you know you know he's talking about you know it's a it's a group of people make a decision for everybody that don't look like everybody and so and I'm not trying to turn this call into a uh, a warpath call but it's an information call about the fact that if you really want to be successful in any business you have to be allowed to participate and so that's what you're trying to get and that's what you're saying in starting the, the management firm that you have and what you've done all your life, correct?
3: Yeah. I, mean, I, I recently, uh, on, on Martin Luther King Day, I got together um, about 20, the last minute thing, you know, I, I was supposed to be traveling on that day. I thought I was actually be in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I shot out a, a, an email to about 30 or so folks within my network. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, senior level executives at their company all down to two interns, and said, you know, I want to I treat everybody to dinner. Let's get in a room, close the door, and let's have a conversation how we can lift ourselves, right? Right. Um, An open conversation. And it was a beautiful thing, and it's something that needs to happen more, and not just on MLK Day, it needs to happen every single day. Right. Uh, for us to be able to share with each other the insights, guidance, knowledge that we have in the struggles of how we lift ourselves within entertainment. Cool. Um, uh, oftentimes, you know, one of the things that came out in that, in that conversation was people are like, well, oh, it's not just in my head, you know. Uh, this other, this other, you know, leading leading voice in that space is, is, is experiencing the same challenges. So I'm not crazy, right? Right. Uh, because when you sit in these environment and you're the only one of color, you often can get inside <laughs> your head and think that it's just me.
1: Right. Cool. We're talking to Jonathan Azu. He's the founder of a culture collective started in 2019 and guess what? He's rolling with uh, partnerships. He's created with InGrooves. We'll be back with more on money-making conversation. This is awesome. Again, collective minds, collective thoughts generate success. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and money-making conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. And you are listening to money-making conversation. I'm talking to Jonathan Azul. Uh, he founded the uh, culture collective uh, in 2019. And right now, I want to talk about the current artist roster that includes Emily King, Luke James, Leon Thomas, and my favorite person and good friend, Michelle Weaves. Talk about your roster and why are those particular people on your roster?
3: Uh, you know, for me, I, I got into this business because I have a passion for it and um, I was able to take a passion and turn it into a profession and that includes the artists that I work with. I'm, I'm, fan. I'm a fan. Right. Everyone <laughs> I've ever worked with in my career, I've been a fan of. I've mm-hmm. never once worked with somebody that I was like handed,
7: right, <laughs> right, right.
3: Work right. on this. I know you're not into it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm passionately, passionately a fan. And each one of those artists that you mentioned um, are all have always been on my playlist, right? So it's exciting. It's exciting to be to, to be working with them. And it's exciting to experience growth. And you know, as you know, being an entrepreneur and successful business executive yourself, growth is a is a is a is a powerful world word. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know we develop a lot of really great blueprints and roadmaps to help to help help uh, help growth, right? right? And that's from a bottom line standpoint. That's from an audience reach standpoint. That's from a streaming standpoint. It's from a ticket sales standpoint. Uh, and each one of those artists has had great growth over their their, their careers working with us.
1: Well, it's really important that I, when I'm looking at you, when I, when I introduced you, we were talking about your the brands that you've seen overseen the development. Anita Baker, Emily King. Luke James, Michelle, Williams, Miguel, Cool in the Game, Lecrae—that's my man right there. So that's that's gospel, gospel. That's Miguel. That's hip hop, cool in the game. You know, that's R and B, Anita Baker, that's sultry R and B. You know, okay, that's that's a love affair of music. I mean, your playlist is like you grooving and you're popping and then you're praising the Lord. <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Um, you know, it, again, it's, it's soul food in some form or fashion, right? mm
1: Hmm. And it's really really important that so what do you see the direction of music? Like I was at I was at NAPTE, that's the National Association of Television Program and Program Executives. And podcasts was just the rage. You know, we know streaming out there came out and it exploded. And uh now podcasts is the rage of not just the audio version of, but the video version of podcasts is next level with that. You'll, you'll see that more and more being being spoken about because they realize the generation really don't care about an 85-inch screen on the wall. They really don't. They care about what's in their hand. And right now, what's in hand is things they are willing to download, willing to play, willing to carry with them. What is the future of music in that in that particular era or that particular space, or does it stay the same?
3: Yeah, I, I think you know. And then just to just to build on what you're saying, they want it when they want it, where, wherever they're at, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, right. So, so if I, I want to listen to a podcast. Uh, I don't. I don't want to have to to schedule it. I, if I want to, if I'm sitting on the bus on the way home, and I can pull up on my phone, whether it be audio or visual. Right. Uh, at that time, that's the time that they want it, and it's almost like you know, music, music, and in in streaming music really was the leader in that behavior, that adoption, that behavior of you know, you know, what I want, what I want, when I want. Right. Um, and now you're seeing it start that to layer through other forms of, of media. Um, as far as you know, you know music streaming is obviously beginning to, to have an aggressive growth. When it first came into into to fruition, um, you know there was a lot of different companies trying to figure out streaming, and I always felt that once it was all said and done, there would be a handful left, right? You know, maybe a few. It was proven that to be the case between Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify, and now we kind of have the three, the big three, for the most part. Um, there's a couple other smaller ones within that, that those that fourth and fifth and sixth position, but ultimately this is how people consume music, and now you're starting to see, you know, as uh, you know, as 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 older older audiences get older, and younger yes. artists start to come into the consumption mix. Right, streaming will only get bigger and bigger.
1: You know, it's really interesting. As I look at your resume. I see it's t- you're tied to festivals. Are you tied to a festival as a person who supplies talent or as a producer?
3: So I, I uh, after many years working in radio myself, uh, I went over to a company called Superfly, which was a which was a group of, of, of guys that graduated in Tulane that had come up with the concept of putting a large-scale music right. festival together uh, in the United States that was built off of the Glastonbury. Right. So what, what happens when you, when you drop 60 70 80,000 people into a, a field and you build a multiple stages and multiple experiences within that environment right? and live on that property for that site for three to four days. Mm -hmm. And that was the birth of Bonnaroo. And I went in to work with the team that actually put that festival together. I wasn't on the talent buying side. I was more on the operational side, but all aspects of the festival fall underneath operations. So we had a very, very good preview of, of, of of talent and who's coming up. One of the funner things that, that I do around my house is, I have all the old posters mm-hmm. from all the shows that we produced, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, you know, you know, billing for for a show is always a fight <laughs> of like who's at the top of the poster, who's at the bottom of the poster, right? Right, right. Um, right. And it's interesting to look at the bottom of the poster some of these previous years and looking at the artists that are down there uh, that have now, you know... A ride to the, the top list, of the, the top of the list, you know, in 2020.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Miguel. I, I, way back in... Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Wow, he, I think uh, Drake uh, about to break his record or something on, on, on Airplay or something like that.
3: It's really it's amazing. It's funny, when, when, when the first tour I did with, with Miguel, uh, I can't remember the year, but Miguel was direct support to Drake... Right, so mm-hmm. Drake was the headliner. It was, it was a Would You Like a Tour Right. Tour right. Drake. And Drake was the headliner, Miguel opened, and Future was the uh, <laughs> was the was the first act. And <laughs> <So laughs> it has to shake out.
1: Oh my God! Well, you know it's, it, that's the beauty of, of seeing the beginning and watch it come to the end, or watch the path of growth. And you go, you know, because you know everybody has that hustle, that hustle, that hustle. And you like I I I, I met Miguel because it's out of L.A. When Steve and I was doing local radio, hip hop and R and B. When he was when he was when he was, when he was fi- trying to find his voice, getting his music out there. And I look at him now and I go, Wow, it's been that many years, and he still got the passion to win. He still has the passion to say, I'm gonna be number one, I'm gonna be successful. That's a drive. When you when you manage talent, I always tell people, like right now I'm managing Stephen A. Smith. You know, for many years people have known me to or tw- actually sixteen or twenty years I managed Steve Harvey and built his brand to a media, media, international media brand. But it's a lot of work when you manage talent. A lot of people don't understand that. Talk about your version or your skills or other things that you put in place so you can manage the different talent that you have.
3: Yeah, I think for me, you know, it, I, I'm at an inter- interesting intersection because I spent many years in, in media. You know, do, you know I, was, I was essentially doing label relations, in um, developing interesting partnerships for CBS Radio corporately, so we had 180 radio stations, 50 program directors, and then I leave that world. And I go into the live event fe- festival business when festivals were just really t- starting to take off in the United States. Right, we were we were pioneers in that space, and now you see a lot of festivals out there, but we were the first to be there. And then to jump over and help help to run Red Light, which you know eventually became one of the biggest management companies in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this like I'm sitting at this interesting intersection where I had the ability to be able to go in there. And work with artists, and when things come up as relates to their career, I'm one phone call away from you know you know figuring something out in the right. live event space, in the media right. space, technology space, or well, the management. I've been around there, I've been around all these places. So one of the things that I always try to bestow upon the young executives that work on my team is let's get you as diversified as possible, right, in your skill set wow. and your ability to be able to um, speak from a strong standpoint of. Various topics of business because you have experience within those worlds.
1: And you mentioned it. You said, "I hear you." Radio, you know, red light. You talk about management, which means you see contracts, which means you you're dealing with uh, decision making situations. When you talk about the festivals, you talk about the operational end. You know that those those things like are really help you out. I'm a sitcom writer, just myself. I'm a stand up comic, so I understand talent. I'm to go. I manage shows. I produce shows. So when I walk in a room there's a lot of information that I can absorb rapidly and make decisions associated with it. And that's all you're saying to young people as they come into or being mentored by you. The more, you know, the more diversified your palate is for information that you've absorbed through experience. That's how you have longevity in this business and respect in this business. Correct, Jonathan.
3: That's absolutely right. You know, that's absolutely right. And and respect is a big thing. I mean, you want to, you know, conduct and character and respect, Ultimately, that's all businesses, but especially within entertainment, especially as a minority with entertainment, you want to make sure you preserve that in the best way possible. So conducting yourself in the most positive, upbeat, respected, professional manner possible, mm-hmm. you can do nothing but grow. Well, if that's your approach.
1: Well, my great, my friend, just recap a little bit about your partnership with InGroove before we wrap up the interview. Uh, that you, you have Culture Collective Records. You have a partnership with InGroove. Talk to us about, again, why was that launched in that manner, and what's the future?
3: Yeah, Luke, so Luke James is a, is a client that we've worked with for, for many years. And Luke um, was, was a former major label artist and for various reasons had left the Island Records um, uh, label, which is a major record label. And here here he was sitting with a, a, a bank of beautiful music to put out and nobody to partner with to do it. Um, and you know, we're, as his managers, dealing with him on a daily basis on developing his roadmap and his career – well, what if we just develop a strategic relationship and let's look we'll at the music out? We'll, we'll be the label, right? right. Um, and I, I, I'd done some work with injuries in the past, a lot of great success with them. And when I sat with them in the launched Culture Collective a little less than a year ago, I went over to their offices and shared the vision and the mission statement of the company. They thought it was great. They thought it was very much needed in the business. And at the same time, they said, if there's any way in which we can be helpful um, to you or your clients, we should have a larger conversation. And that was... You know the 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 birth of our first uh, uh, you know you know brainstormed around coming together to develop a pipeline for us to be able to put music out through their system. So uh, fast forward eight months later, you know Luke James is going to yeah. be putting out his release through the, the Ingrus Universal pipeline into digital service providers. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the we are the you know working with Ingru's, um on all aspects of this release, and uh, it's been great. It's been a great, great relationship.
1: Awesome. As always, articulate, informative, and uh, spewing out the knowledge we all need to hear. Jonathan Azul. Thanks for coming back on Money Making Conversation. we talk again. Let's say another six months. Is that cool? Absolutely. I appreciate you, brother. Talk soon. Bye-bye.
4: Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
1: Visit NHTSA.gov
4: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
1: My next guest currently is a motivational speaker, author, patented inventor, and an award-winning behavioral therapist for over 16 years, and an entrepreneur. He recently launched an apparel company called Gangster Mindset, LLC, that is redefining the word gangster with a positive spin. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Dr. Mark D. Baxter.
6: Ah, Thank you. Thank you. It's (laughs) truly a pleasure and an honor to be here. I appreciate you uh, Mr. Rashan. It's always
1: a pleasure. Well awesome, my friend, uh, you know I'm I'm a member of the LinkedIn LinkedIn uh, social media society so I get a chance to watch your videos. I'm yep. motivated uh I find them entertaining. I find them uh uh I could never do them because you you know you're very active. <laughs> you're very active in your in your in your video Explain that technique yep. that you developed in the, in your videos.
6: Well, I, I, first of all, thank you. And, and when it comes to the videos, uh, it, it's all passion, it's all purpose to me. I got to drop a name for you Paul Brunson. Yes, sir. He, he recently moved to the UK, has the um, relationship show, was picked up by own years ago, and it, it put him on a, a great path. I was in a mastermind group with Paul, and he said, Mark, your power, your energy is amazing, but you got to get it out to the world. So he said, in today's era of social media, you just got to let it all out. And that led me to start doing videos, and I was standing still. He said, Mark, that's not enough. You're too powerful. Start walking around. And then when I was in Atlanta, I was at John Hope Bryant's Hope Global Forum, and that was the first one I did walking around. And he said, that's good, Mark. I feel it, but it's another level. And, and, and listen, Mr. Rashawn, when I started putting that video camera down and just started letting God use me naturally that's what you see today, and that's what's bringing everyone in the world that's taking notice. Well, I take notice.
1: I, I show it to my staff. I, I told them, I said, this, "This." I held up. I said, "This is the guy I want on my show right here." Mark, look, <laughs> look at him. This guy right here. Look how he moves back. He he runs to the camera. He goes back. He makes that statement, and he steps back. I said, "He does it everywhere." He can be he can be on the street. He can be in the parking lot. He can be in front of a building. I just love the fact that you're saying you're willing to take your your message wherever it needs to be heard. That's basically what you're saying
6: in your videos, correct? I am definitely saying that. And here's the thing. See, I get motivated when I can motivate others. God set me up and see what happens is that this is the only thing that's this liberating for me. It's liberating. I've been holding that power in for so long. And now, and you know, we'll get into other uh, questions later, but I made millions and lost it all, but now I'm in alignment with my purpose, right so now I'm able to do things like this video and just let all the power out, because mm-hmm. my job is to take the power that's in me and transfer it to the people of the world. Well, uh, what well you do you caught my eye. And I, I finally, <laughs> because I feel, you know,
1: when, you, when you're when you in this business, it's a competitive business, okay, motivation, yeah. inf- information, and, you know, what, what separates you, what catches a person's eye, and, and, and allows them to share your views, and that's the whole thing in social media. You know, you're a marketing and branding machine, and so what's your hook, what's your take on it, and how you can grow your brand, and basically what you're doing in, de- in developing this technique, I find it, uh, I I, com- I congratulate you on that. And one of the reasons I'm a fan is because I know that's tied to a plan, a plan of action,
6: correct? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it's definitely tied to a plan of action. And again, you know, um, and it's how ironic we're in uh, Black History Month. And um, what happened is, you know, Martin had a dream. We all know that. But I also had a dream at the age of 15. In fact, I had the same dream each and every night. An entire year, and this is what it looked like. I'm talking about when I wake up and fall back to sleep, the dream continues. When I go to sleep the next night, the dream continues for an entire year. So, so, Mr. Rashawn, as I stand on your show and I sit and I spill my heart out to you and to the audience, I'm here to tell you that that dream is coming true right here, right now. So, I'm a testament that life is real. You can create your own life. We're on a delayed gratification scale, that's why your life is created by how. You think, how you feel, and how you respond to situations. I'll say it again. Your life is created by how you think, how you feel, and how you respond to situations. Well, well, Mr. Baxter, you have not failed me so far in this interview. Okay. <laughs> now,
1: your book here, uh, How to Be One with Your Greatness. Before we get into the book, I have one question.
6: Uh, what yeah. is your greatness? My greatness, and, 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 I, and this is a great question. In fact, I was talking to a couple friends the other day, and my view of greatness is that greatness is in the eye of the beholder, meaning that everyone's greatness may look and feel different. That's why we're all made distinctively different. And here's how you know, because that fingerprint that you walk around with, that DNA is unmatchable. You can search the whole world, but there's no one that can specifically match your fingerprint. So that's basically what my greatness is. It's to come in total alignment with that fingerprint, with that uniqueness that I was created to be. So in doing that, and I'm trying to get into the book a little bit, but you got to come in alignment with your truth, right? And so, so therefore, you got to first learn what your truth is, because what life does, it forces things on you. So it forces education, all these other things on you. But the true, true definition of education is not systematic knowledge to go out and make other people wealthy. True uh, definition of education is, not, is development from within. So we're already wired for greatness. But when we come into this world, they bombard you with other aspects of what you have to do. And oftentimes we, we put up these artificial layers to try to suffice all of these things that are coming at us in life. When the truth of the matter is that you're already wired for greatness, you just gotta resist the external and believe in what's inside. My man,
1: we're talking to Mark D. Baxter, uh, author of How to Be One with Greatness. You were born to be great. This book, uh, I read it. I, I always, what I when I do when I bring authors on the show, I always read the book the day of. You know, like so I get up early, I read it, so everything stays real fresh. And there was some really key moments in your. Growth, you know, of five, six, nine, the early years, you know, that were defining. And the reason I bring that up because it's important to understand that you can be shaped so clean in those early years. And a lot of people don't understand how important it is to start really, you know, putting a proper imprint on a kid because those memories can carry you to adulthood as it has you because it's, it's written in your book. When you were five years old, when your brother Tony walked you down to
6: your School for the first time. You was excited, and then he just let you go.
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, it was a traumatic, it was a traumatic experience. And what you you said it, uh, Mr. Rashawn, you said it. We are all a product of our home, our environment, yes. and our experiences. Yes. We are all products of our home, our environment, and our experiences. And whatever you choose to do, back in the day, NWA say mix it in a pot like gumbo. So however you mix it in your pot and whatever recipe you come out with is what you have to deal with. See, I was challenged with a lot of adversity early on in my life and throughout my life because I understand for whom much is given, much is required. And see, you gotta change your perception of adversity. Adversity is not bad. Adversity is nothing more than growth opportunities because the only way you can grow is by being challenged. So you gotta change the way you look at adversity and that's what my life has taught me. Early on in my life, I'm from, a, I'm from a very dysfunctional household. Right. I have a mom that didn't finish uh, high school. She's from South Carolina, had to grow up really, really hard. And I have a dad that only went to the sixth grade from Savannah, Georgia. And they both migrated here to Philadelphia and, 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 and created a relationship. And don't get me wrong. Uh, God rest my dad and my mom. I lost my dad on June 8th of 2018. I lost my mom on June 20th of last year, 2019. God rest their soul. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, I'm a realist. They should have never been married. You know, they created a I, I love my siblings and I'm thankful for being created. But, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. Man. Right. Growing up in that household, it was very traumatic. Right. I mean, they slept in separate rooms, threatening to kill each other every day. And then we were in the hood. We were from poverty. Right. And then on top of that, <laughs> and so, so so everything is just reinforcing the negativity. Right. And then on top of that, I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. And I had all of this drive and all of this insight inside of me. And I had no outlet to let it out. No so mentors. No mentors. No, no mentors. You know, that came later on. And I found refuge through football and in church. It saved my life, and I poured all of my pain into it. And henceforth, it got me a scholarship to college and football, and I got a tremendous relationship with God because I didn't settle. You know, you got a choice. I mean, listen, adversity comes free, but you got to fight to secure the blessing. Every adversity comes with an equal, if not greater, blessing. Mm -hmm. The adversity will find you free, but you got to fight to secure the blessing. Mm -hmm. And the difference is that... Us, especially as a people, we've become comfortable with simply surviving. As if you get a reward for surviving. No, it's admirable to survive, but it's time that we start to thrive. So you got to push the issue to thrive to get right. to those blessings. Right. And that's what I just learned how to do, and that's what I'm showing the world how to do.
1: Well, you're doing it on a. On a uh, first of all, you're successful, and you caught my attention. Thank you. That's why you're on money making conversation. I'm talking to Mark D. Baxter, the author of the book How to Be One with Greatness. You were born to be great, motivational. He's honest. Uh, Mark, do you have a YouTube channel? Absolutely. Okay,
6: Absolutely. Cool. It's, it's in my name, Mark Baxter.
1: Mark Baxter. And so yes. so all yes. the videos that I see on um, LinkedIn are stored on um, your your YouTube channel.
6: YouTube, absolutely. I have over two. Uh, I have hundreds of videos on YouTube. I haven't counted in yet, but I'm, I'm very, very active on YouTube. My daily videos on YouTube. In fact, I've been doing videos on YouTube for years. Right. It's just that I've I've picked it up. I've had great people around me. Right. <laughs> you know, Paul Brunson, to give me advice. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on, you know, the Rashad McDonald show. So it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm getting people around. You know what I mean? Listen, I, success is closing in on me. I can't lose. Hey, you can't lose. So, I'll uh, tell you something. Can't Marla, you cannot lose because of the
1: fact that, first of all, I'm going to tell you something, man. I appreciate you. That's what Money Making Conversation is all about. First of all, individuals who, willi- who are willing to share their stories so everybody can find that the path can be relatable, okay? Because, right. you know, you can see that journey. You can see superstars. You can see millionaires. You see big cars. You can see bling. Basically, it was always played out in music videos. Now it's being played out in social media because people post their best. Nobody right. posts their tragic. Everybody wants to post their best clothes. The best plate of food, you know, the best vacation experience, you know, they sitting in front, they standing in front of a the car. They might not even own that car, but they're standing in front of it. Right. You know, so they're presenting that image to you. And so right. so you are you are a guy who's sitting in the middle of all that. You know, okay, like it's like peeping through the curtains. And guess who's mm-hmm. on the other side? Mark. Waiting over there, say, come on over here. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And that's why I started Money Making Conversations. We're going to come back in our next break and get in more detail on this book. I hope you're enjoying the, the, the interview here, Mark, because I'm so happy you came on my show. Uh, I follow him on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, he's spectacular on LinkedIn. He he uh, motivates me every week with his videos, with his energy, as you hear in this interview, is incredible. We'll be back with more Money Making Conversations with my man, Dr. Mark Baxter. We'll be right back with more from Rashad McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. I host this show to bring individuals on the show that can um, give you information on how to be successful. I know their life is different. Their path to success is different. But they will share with you nuggets of information that will allow you to understand that your path, your dreams can be achieved. Uh, One of the true uh, inspirations of this whole technique of seeking your greatness or accepting your greatness is on the phone with me today is a very successful book. I'll call how to be one with greatness. You were born to be great. uh, Dr. Mark D Baxter, Mark, how you doing today, my friend?
6: Oh, I'm doing excellent. Mr. Rashad. And listen, it's such a pleasure to be here. And I want to thank you again for having me. Well, great. Um, I I
1: was talking about, we, we kind of dipped in a little bit when you know, like I love the fact that, you know, you just told an honest story about your home life. But it was these these little slices of life that uh, stories, or experiences that you provide in your book, like like dealing with issues, how we how we will hide and how we will shield, how we tend to stop ourselves, like like expecting something to happen and then when it doesn't have that, happen that way, how do you deal with it? And that was that simple walk to school. When your brother Tony was taking you, you thought he was going to walk you all the way to school and you was having a good time. You know, you was barely keeping up with him, your little <laughs> short legs. And he was just he was just walking normal. You know, he wasn't even looking at you. You just trying to keep up. And then you just you just say a word or two. You thought there was going to be like a big brother, little brother conversation. And he's going to just tell you about life on the way. And he barely spoke to you. And then when you was almost way, almost out of school, he just pointed at it. you You got it from here. I got you. Now, oh, man. but that's what life is about, though, because a lot of people, they, they get on a job. They think the job is going to go this way. And then right. when, the, when the job throws them the curve, how they how they deal with it is the next step on how they're going to be successful. That's what I took away from that story. You walk into school with an expectation. Your brother's going to take you to the front door of that school. And he didn't. How you dealt with it along the way for the rest of your life really is who you are today.
6: You're 100% right. And, and, and I thank you for the, for the analogy you use with social media and things. I say the same thing. Uh, everybody proclaim their own goodness. It's a perfect place to reinvent yourself. <laughs> but no, you're, you're, you're 100% right. It's all about which, how you handle the situations that you're faced with. And when my brother was walking me to school, um, again, you were perfect. You were in your analysis of me thinking it's going to be a big brother and little brother uh, interaction. I rarely saw him. He was uh, about 16 years older than me. I was the youngest, and it's a big gap in between us. And this was individual time. And then when he left me, but what I had to realize, and this is what I encourage us all to do, the first person you have to look at in any situation is yourself. Right. Because all of the answers to life's problems are in the mirror. And what I realized at a young age is that I misled my older brother. See, any situation that you're a part of, there's something that you gotta learn, even if it seems like it's not your fault. Like if it seems like you're 100% innocent, there's still something you gotta learn or else you wouldn't have. Never been encountered the situation. So when I had to look in the mirror, I realized that I created that situation because I used to act tougher than I really was. You see, because I had these older brothers that were cool and fly, I used to act that way too. I act more mature. I had some pride in there and because of that pride is what my brother caught on to. He he felt those vibrations and in his mind, he didn't feel like he was doing anything wrong. He felt like he may have been doing me a favor because I was, I, I, I was projecting as if I was more mature than I really was. So I had to look in the mirror first to acknowledge how could I do different or what, how can I change my behavior in order to get a different result? And right. that set the tone for the rest of my life. And I realized I used to question God all the time because I didn't just have little things happen to me. I had big things happen to me. Like, I didn't just break an arm, I broke my femur bone, the biggest bone in your body, your side bone. Right. So I had to be in a body cast for like three to six months. I had to learn how to walk all over again. So I, I didn't just have little stuff happen to me. And I used to always question, you know, God, why me? Why me? I didn't ask for my mom not to like me, I didn't do anything. I didn't right. ask for her to, 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 to do anything in her power to try to tear me down. You're the one that I look to. You're, you're my point guard. Right. You're my go-to person. <laughs> right. You're my quarterback. Right. You know what I mean? But what I realized about life is that that was just life challenging me to be my best self. And now that I was able to, to meet those challenges that way they are, and I mentioned earlier, every adversity comes with an equal, if not greater, blessing. Correct. The adversity comes free, but you got to fight to secure the blessings. And I'm just one that fights to secure my blessings, and now I'm just trying to help other people to fight to secure theirs.
1: Well, my man, that's exactly what I have you on this, just to tell my fans and my listeners, or people who are listening for the first time, because it also plays out on my YouTube channel. We might just click on your your photo and, and say, wow, because I want them to share your values. You know, this book that you've written, How to Be One with Greatness, You Were Born to Be Great. What can we buy this book at,
6: Mark? Well, the book is in Amazon. I mean, I, I published it through um uh, a book, Essence, Essence mm. Publishing. Yes, sir. um And or you can email me directly and I'll ship it out to you. Absolutely. You know, I'm at mbaxter at markbaxter.com. That's mbaxter, B-A-X-T-E-R mm-hmm. at markbaxter.com. Um, you can also hit my website Mark, at www.markbaxter.com and just shoot me an info or whatever, but I'll get it to you. um, Absolutely. And I appreciate you, Mr. Rashawn, because it's all about uh, awareness. You know, a lot of people need exactly what I have, just like we all need each other. But we don't know, you know, so we have to keep expecting and having a desire for better. It's all about your desire. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a desire for better, better is not going to come your way. Right. You know? So that's it's awesome. all about your desire. And, uh, let's yeah, talk so about, the, let's talk about the
1: uh, business side of you. You, we know you're a great motivator. We know you, yes. you're passionate about your, your, your reminding people that, your past do not allow your past to determine your future, your destiny is tied to your effort. Now you have a business that you, I wanted to bring up the apparel company called gangster mindset. LLC is re- yes. redefining the word gangster with a positive spin. Talk about that.
6: Absolutely. Like I've always, um, you know, I've always had a desire being from the inner city from poverty and things like that. And coming out, being a, being a man of character and integrity, you know, not, not perfect, but as pure of a heart as you'll find. You know, I realized that, you know, it's all about growth and development. You know, it's all about growth and development. So you got to put yourself in the best position so you can continue to grow and develop. And that's all, that's all that I do. Right. And that's all that I aspire other people to do. So Empowerment Unlimited is a company for individuals, businesses, and the entire world. And uh, it's, it's about coaching and consulting from a mindset and leadership perspective. So I have a, a mindset uh, methodology program that I use to take people and master themselves because I have a personal quote. Once you master yourself, life has no choice but to forever bow down to you. I'll say it again. Once you master yourself, life has no choice but to forever bow down to you. And here's why, because the world is all fake, as you just mentioned, social media. But yourself, you have, you're wired with greatness and authenticity. So when you master that, the world can't touch you. So in my company, I've raised businesses, individuals to levels unimaginable. Right. You know, gangster Mindset Apparel with the clothing company I just dropped. And what it means is boldness, excellence, and uniqueness. So every day I do a video and I give three steps on that video. The last step is always you got to develop a gangster mindset and I give a different description of what gangster mindset is. In fact, today's video, the third point is you got to develop a gangster mindset, a mind bold enough to believe that life is always happening for you and not to you, regardless of what it may look like or feel like my man.
7: Woo!
1: Okay, you know you got me fired up, right? Mark you got me fired up. Hey, that's the You hey, got me fired I up. Mar, 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 are, I'm fired
7: up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, listen, missing accomplishment.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you know, the beauty, first of all, you know it's not the last time on my show because I don't reach Thank out to you. people because I have a vision. I'm a people have called me a visionary. I see things and I talk to people and these conversations, a lot of people call me their uncle. And uh, you you can come into the Roshan McDonald Uncle Club because of the fact that right. I, I want to be there for you. You know, if you ever want to call and uh, I give myself, uh, if you want to call and say, Rashawn, what do you think about this? I, I it's about not about me making money. It's about making ensuring you that you're getting the advice from I a successful person who's had many right. paths out there and 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 many. Uh, some people call me a Renaissance man because I'm able to rechange myself. I'm able to reinvent the. The the process of that path. I see an opportunity. Uh, what I do not do, Mark, is is think about it. I go for it. Right. And I, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. I go, well, is Rashawn over there thinking? No, I think he's over there digging the ditch <laughs> now. <laughs> I think he's already laying the concrete to the foundation for his next house. I think that's what he's doing. So when you right. talk about, look, before we get off there, when you say you contribute most to to business success, can you give us a, some nuggets on what you mean when you say that statement?
6: Oh man, listen. Business success is nothing more. See, before you got a business, you got an individual. All a team is is a group of individuals. Right. And what, what makes it a team is the commitment to the common goal. Right. You see, so in order to have a successful business, you got to first have a successful why. You got to know your why. Why do you want this business? Who are you serving? Why do you want to serve that population? And as Damon John says, I've been a, a rising grind ambassador, and now I'm a, a, a power shift ambassador for Damon John over the last two years. And his main thing is know your target audience. Who are you selling to? So you got to know your why. Like, why do you want to get this product or this service out? And then you got to know who wants the service and product. And then you got to find creative ways to put it in their hands. Make them friends. Make them, you know, right. customers, and you right. got it. And, and that's what you have to do. And you got to constantly reinvent yourself. See, the reason when Puffy and Damon John broke up, you know, I mean, not Puffy, when Jay Z and Damon and Damon, uh, I said Damon John, when Puffy and Damon Dash broke up, right? You know, from Rockefeller, you know what I mean? And Jay Z say, okay, you may you may hold make another hold in his record. See, so so what happened is that that Jay-Z was able to reinvent himself. Yes. Now you see billionaire Jay-Z is it? See, this game is about reinventing yourself because things constantly change. Life is about evolution, constant change. So if you think you can stay the same and continue to rise and elevate, you're wrong. So in order for you to be successful in life and in business, you got to, one, you got to know your why. Yes. To the, to the depth of it, you got to know your why. Why are you doing it? Why do you want to be successful? Who can you help? And then you got to know who... Who are you going to help? Who's, who likes your product? Who wants your product? Who needs your product or service? And then you got to find creative ways to make them want it and need it over and over and over again while Love not it. being afraid Love it. to dive in and reinvent yourself.
1: I'm talking to Dr. Mark D. Baxter, the author of the incredible book, How to Be One with Greatness. You were born to be great. Mark, thank you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversations.
6: The pleasure's all mine, man. I thank you so much from the depth of my heart.
1: And we will talk soon, my friend. Keep winning, and uh, I keep watching those videos, so you better not stop, okay?
6: I, I can't stop, won't stop. That's the puppy one for you. <laughs> Bye-bye.
5: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws.